This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, August 7th, you made it to the end of the week. Wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who's never been more excited to relaunch the countdown, Jerem Jordan. Well, now we have an actual game, you know, it was Utah forever, and then that got canceled. We thought it might be Alabama. We thought it might be Oklahoma State, maybe. Here we are with an actual game, so hit it. Countdown to Navy. 31 days. So a month away. One month from today, BYU and Navy set to kick off the 2020 season in Annapolis, Maryland. Here's today's show lineup. AAC Commissioner uh, Commissioner Mike Oresco back on the program. Why did the AAC and Navy opt for as many as four non-conference games, and how much more will it impact BYU's potential scheduling? A running back joins BYU and an unfortunate injury in the secondary. What are the impact of those? Plus, did Navy settle for BYU after losing Notre Dame? And what's BYUSN these days without some coaches on bikes? We have a fabulous Friday show lined up, including today's headlines. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homa made a statement yesterday on social media. Here it is. We appreciate BYU Cougar Club donors, season ticket holders, partners, and fans who have been incredibly patient and supportive during these unprecedented times. We realize many of you have questions and are eager to hear about plans for the upcoming football season. An updated schedule is being finalized along with many other details associated with Lavelle Edwards Stadium, including public access, health and safety protocols, ticketing, game operations, etc. Our athletic staff has been working closely with university leaders, government officials, and medical experts to prepare for a variety of potential scenarios for the 2020 season. We expect to have finalized plans completed soon, and we'll communicate those details with Cougar Nation as quickly as possible. And I'm going to insert on BYU Sports Nation. In the meantime, we remain excited as we prepare for another season of BYU football. Go Cougs! So still decisions to be made relative to fans in the stands and obviously other games. But as soon as those happen, we will let you know. I appreciate that he addressed the urgency of the matter. I know that people are like, well, hey, they're not. There still aren't any official answers. He's aware. And this, this is a, uh, a positive move by him to say, look, look, we're on it. We're working on it. Just give us a few more days. Yeah, I like it. BYU officially announces that JUCO transfer running back Hinkley Ropati will join the roster for the upcoming 2020 season. Ropati is transferring from Cerritos College, where he rushed for 647 yards on 109 carries, had 10 touchdowns in his 2019 season. He will report to practice as early as today and become immediately eligible to play. This is the scholarship uh opening that run DHC left at BYU. You'd think. Yeah, Yeah. because he was a guy that they were probably going to bring in next year, but they had an opening. Defensive back Jacques Wilson suffers a knee injury during camp, according to his social media. While the exact injury isn't known, Wilson posted that surgery went well. Wilson was expected to compete for playing time this season as a JUCO transfer after two years at West LA College. Obviously, the severity of the injury depends on the impact, but we'll discuss how we think he could fit in if he can return during the season in the secondary. The Big Sky Conference featuring the likes of recent BYU opponents, Southern Utah, Idaho State, and then of course another Utah team, FCS Power Weber State, 
announces they will play an eight-game conference schedule in the spring. No fall football there. Without the Big Sky, the FCS no longer has the number of participating teams necessary to conduct a championship event this fall. Of note, this now puts an opening in Colorado State's schedule, who was set to host Northern Colorado this year. Are the Rams now an option for BYU? There are several moving pieces. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU and Navy comes together in essentially 24 hours. Incredible. Why are we scheduling games 10 years out? 24 hours to put in Navy and BYU on ESPN. Here's what Navy's head coach Ken Niamatololo had to say about scheduling the Cougars. Drew, we just kind of brainstormed last night some thoughts. And, you know, then I brought up BYU because I felt like they fit everything that we're looking for. And then Chet went to work. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he 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 got off the phone and said, I got it, I'll get back to you. And lo and behold, got a couple te- a text a couple hours later saying, hey, it's on. It is on September 7th in Annapolis. Jerem, what do you make of this game coming together in such a short amount of time? And should we stop scheduling games a decade out? Yeah, what takes so long? If literally yesterday they're like, you know, you know, it'd be good to uh, BYU. That'd be good. Wait, what? Why do we have a game in thir- 2035 scheduled right now? No, I, I know it takes a lot of logistics and planning ahead of time, and there's a lot of moving parts here. It's like a concert tour, right? You can't just be like, hey, Salt Lake, we're showing up, baby. It's like, whoa, 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 what? If if everything was canceled in Salt Lake and they were ready for you, sure. But no, I, I get it. Um, that it takes a while sometimes, but this is unique. This isn't a regular situation. What What is unique to me, though, is that ESPN on Labor Day night lined up so quickly. That is the best part of this. That is even better than the opponent in this case, being because I would play almost anybody in that situation. I don't really care. The opportunity for a singular game like that is incredible. To play on Labor Day night, Monday night football spot a week before the NFL opens, I believe. Um, that's going to be awesome, man. So it is funny, though. Stuart Mandel is always on this. He's like, oh, it's crazy how fast that went. Why does it take so long sometimes? I, I think it's because everyone else has done it years sure, out. Yeah. So you just have to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, and I love that we always discuss a five-year-old will be playing right. in this game in 2034. <laughs> There's a five-year-old at some school that will be the starting quarterback. Yeah, It is wild how far out some of these games have to be scheduled. But because they have scheduled so far in the future, like you would think that that trend has to continue because that's just the way it's done. Right. Like, re- like recruiting. Like yeah. you have to recruit like – Eighth ninth- graders, yeah. sometimes sixth graders. Yes. In-, in basketball, it's legit like seventh graders. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And BYU holds football camps, and they're looking at kids, yeah, that are like seventh grade on, you know? If anything, this gives me more confidence that BYU can throw together an optimal schedule, all things considered. If they can get this game done in 24 hours, give Tom Holmo a couple of weeks with uh, a lot of these other conferences that are looking at adding games, I'm more confident in what BYU is going to be able to put together based on everything that has played out over the past week. With the, this one doesn't do it for me. Really? Because it has an obvious connection with Kenny and Matalolo. And ESPN? Yeah, and ESPN. I don't know that ESPN set up the game, but they – who knows? Who knows, right? Yeah, I, listen, they're, the desperation will create the reality. 
everyone needs there are teams who needs games. Uh, not everyone, but there are teams who need games, so they'll figure it out. Yeah, it's not an effort based idea to me. Here, it's a urgency based idea. I like if you want to like, play, you're going to figure it out. Yes, I feel it's like, not like Tom's trying hard. It's like Tom always tries. He always shows up, but I feel like he is connected enough with ESPN, and I know that the Kenny Amatololo thing is based on church ties, and it goes back beyond that. Laie boys, that's what yes, this is. sure, Laie boys. But I feel like Tom Homo has enough connections, and with the urgency and the desperation, not just from BYU but from other schools, I'm confident that BYU will put together a respectable slate. All things considered. Oh, it doesn't even need to be respectable. Just get some games. You know, like it doesn't matter it almost, right? The quality of the games does not matter this year because we don't even, even know if we're going to play. I'd be happy with a crap schedule at this point. Right now, it's like, well, let's try and get something nice. It's like, this is all fun and great, um, but it's window dressing to the reality of, are we even going to play? And we'll break this down a little later. Like, FCS isn't going to have a fall season, it sounds like. So, FBS is trying because they want to make more money. It's a bigger beast for sure, but this is really interesting. And BYU Navy is going to be a fun one, and we talked about how it's on Labor Day. So unique. On a Monday. So unique. Has BYU played a Monday game? That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Yes, BYU's played a Monday game, but they haven't played it since 1929 when BYU defeated the Colorado State Teachers. You know, Mr. Johnson and Mr. Smith, you really took them down. That's now Northern Colorado. I remember when we beat the Colorado State teachers in my sixth grade basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible. Uh, yeah, it's been 91 years. So, BYU's going to play a Monday game. BYU's on, actually on played holiday. six. They played them way early, like in the, you know, 20s, I think. It was more common. BYU does not often play a game on a holiday. You know, they played... A bowl game in 1992, the Aloha Bowl on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Day. They played Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. BYU played a women's soccer game on Labor Day in 2009 because I didn't go to the Oklahoma game because of that. And now they've got Navy that. on yeah. Labor Day. This is yeah. uh, it's, it's unique in many, many ways. You're going to labor! Topic two. The Cougars are now scheduled to start the season on September 7th at Navy, as we discussed. Meanwhile, Utah State's, quote, tentative season opener is October 2nd in Provo against Brigham. So who has more of a scheduling advantage in this matchup? This is not close. It is BYU hands down because they will have, we hope and think, played a game and gone through the COVID protocols and everything that is associated with that. Whereas Utah and had one State canceled already. Utah State is now playing their first game. Yeah, they'll have tape on BYU, but Utah State's not sure what they're going to be able to do. And this game's in Provo. they got to travel. So it's a road game, a home game for BYU against a rival, and the Cougars will have played a game. We hope multiple games. Hopefully multiple. We hope multiple. Hopefully not a canceled game. (laughs) But assuming that a game or at least two have happened, this is a clear advantage for BYU just to get some chemistry and timing back on the field and the speed of the game. There's a reason that BYU traditionally doesn't score a ton of points in season openers because it takes time to get things going. And if you put them in their home crowd with a rival, knowing that this is Utah State's first game and BYU has already been on the field, I think this is a clear and obvious advantage for BYU. Yeah, I I agree. Utah State will not have played that first game, and they're going to be replacing Jordan Love. You know, new quarterback, new system. Some new alignment. BYU's got like the same O line, the same battery. Uh, you know, mostly 
same running backs as well. Uh, wideouts that were kind of the fourth, fifth, and sixth options, and a couple new guys like uh, Chris Jackson, Cody Epps that they're breaking in, which will be exciting. So, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think BYU is going to have an advantage when they play on October 2nd. Let's just hope they play. That's the thing. By October 2nd, how many games will have been not played because of positive tests? What type of it's, cancellations? It's hard to know. But you're right. BYU would have waited through potential options there. Now, I, I could see the other side of this where you go, now, wait a minute. Utah State could have, you know, created a situation where they are definitely ready for that and they've gone through the ringer internally but in terms of the execution on the field there's nothing they will that not can emulate have, the speed of the game they will not have done that and it's that mountain west speed against that independent speed wait that's not a thing never mind let's talk about a couple other things that are going on in uh, college football as well so we we talked about how Okay, Colorado State lost the Northern Colorado game because the Big Sky said we're not going to play. So Colorado State might be a game that's an option for BYU in the schedule. I wouldn't mind that one. BYU hasn't played Colorado State since they were a league member in 2010. I'd be fine with that one. It makes sense regionally. I mean, you can bust there for crying out loud. If you really wanted to, yeah. You could bust there. It's a seven and a half, eight hour bus yeah. ride. From I don't think they would, but yeah. The Wasatch Front to Colorado Springs. Um, but if they, if there were hesitancies about flying, I mean, these UNLV, Wyoming, oh, if hesitancy Colorado about flying, State, Air Force. We ain't playing if there's hesitancy, hesitancy about just flying. I mean, college take, football. Take generally. your negative, get your negative test, and uh, get on the plane and feel confident about it. Moving. I mean, you you got to trust the health professionals that are coaching you and telling you, okay, you're good. If you get on the plane, you're good. There there has to be a level of trust there. Yeah, that, that, that's not the issue. It's that no one <laughs> that you'll have a positive test. That's the issue, right? That everyone will do their job to be safe, and and even those who are safe could still get a positive test. Whatever. Then Iowa State and UNLV rescheduled their game for 2030. Yeah, 10 no, years out. Nothing like saying, hey, 10 years from now, let's hang out. I'm playing like a decade. I'm going to do that with some of my friends. Hey, yeah. Scott, let's hang out in 10 years. We'll have a 10-year reunion party. Yeah, we, yeah, my senior class didn't ever do that. What? Come on. I, I think Iowa State is an interesting matchup on September 19th, if that's an option as well. So we, we've heard, hey, maybe Iowa State's in the mix. That, that would be nice. I would love a couple of Power Fives. If BYU doesn't, that's still fine. Again, I'll take a crap schedule right now. I will. I'll just give me a schedule, give me the opportunity and the idea that BYU could play because we don't know if they're going to play yeah. at all. Here's the thing. Don't you think we have, with Utah State planning on coming to Provo and San Diego State saying they're planning on coming to Provo, and we, for all intents and purposes, think that Boise State's going to keep BYU based on what the Mountain West is doing and BYU playing at Navy. Yeah, those are, those are nice. Those I great. don't. I think that the number is growing there. So I mean we, the crap rest of the schedule. Okay, yeah, I was so, going to say, we've surpassed the— Okay, it's Liberty, it's New Mexico State, it's whoever, it's, it's okay. Like, that's fine. Like, let's go. Yeah, I don't and, think... and even then, I don't think Liberty's that bad. No, it'd be Liberty, like Liberty's garbage. Liberty's a program yeah. now. Yeah. No, it'd be yeah, like, we have four okay FCS. Program. It's like, well, they're not even playing pro. Yeah, will the Power Fives happen? I think that's the biggest remaining question mark— Surrounding will schedule. Some, will yeah. BYU get a Power 5 or some Power 5s? The AAC and the Mountain West seem like they're going to help BYU out a little bit, which is nice. And, and we're going to talk to Mike Resco in the next segment. Like, Are more games in the mix with BYU from the AAC? You think he knows? <laughs> Our question of the day with the scheduling of Navy for game number one, do you feel like a football season will be played this season for BYU, do you feel like it's happening? Are you more confident? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Twiggy or Stone Answers on Twitter, I think 
we will get some games in, but I am still uneasy about saying BYU will get a whole season. Too yeah. easy for a team to have to shut it down due to infection. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, the virus could just change things, right? Uh, by the way, Mike Resco will join us later in the program. Later. 1045. We, we moved him back a little bit. Hopefully he's telling us to be why he was playing someone in the AC. <laughs> There's Go. a scheduling announcement happening right now. Yeah, exactly. Coming up, big deal, no deal. Did Navy settle with BYU? And the best to wear it approaches the 80s. As in the number 80, not the decade of the 80s. I was listening to an 80s mix on Spotify. Or, or is the 80s, do they feature players from the 80s? Oh, snap. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archived content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. We are live in Studio B on a Friday. This is how we do it. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We will have the commissioner of the AAC, Mike Oresco, joining us in about 25 minutes. We'll ask him how much scheduling or if there are any other games scheduled featuring AAC teams for I want, BYU. I want more. I want three or four more, honestly. I'd take two, whatever. But Houston's on there. Navy's on there. Hey, you got two I'd now. T- I'd take a couple more. Let's go. Okay, time for Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No deal. So this little nugget came out from Ken Niamatololo yesterday, Jerem, when a reporter asked him, are you settling for BYU because you lost Notre Dame? And Coach Niamatololo said, whoa, 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 whoa. BYU is a good team. We don't want to give them bulletin board material. This This is not good. Do you agree with the reporter or with Coach Niamatololo? Big deal, no deal, Navy settling for BYU. I can see the argument for yes, but I'll go with no. No, BYU's quality program, respected nationally, obviously. Uh, but I could see if you're a Navy fan going, oh, man, we had Notre Dame in Ireland, and now we're hosting BYU. I, I, I could see where you're like, well, it's not the same, right? Notre Dame, top 25, like they're good. Ian Book, the whole deal, like they're ready to go. I, I could see that, but I'm going to go with my biggest blue goggles on. Uh, no, because blue no, bring them. Blue Brigham's a good alert. game. Let's go. Blue I know BYU alert. struggled the last three years. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is no deal because uh, I think Coach Niamatololo did a good job nipping this in the bud, saying, no, he knows. Come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Son played here. He's aware of what BYU does. Can you imagine if he was like, yeah, uh, you know, super disappointed to lose Notre Dame. We're, just, uh, we're excited to roll over BYU. <laughs> <laughs> These guys stink, man. We're going to smash them. They're going to see what the Naval Academy oh, can B- do. I mean, BYU compared to Notre Dame in terms of national prestige and national ranking, yeah, like it's it is it's almost it's a fallback option. I don't know that it's like settling, but it's a backup plan, right? Yes. BYU is the clear backup plan compared to Notre Dame. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, There's nothing wrong with that. Fine, we'll be, we'll be uh, sloppy seconds for Notre Dame. That's fine. Uh, the NCAA Board of Governors ruled that if 50 percent or more of teams in a sport cancel the fall season, they won't have a fall championship. Now, in the case of FCS, the NCAA runs the football. Uh, playoffs, right? That's not the case for FBS. It's called football playoffs. So big deal, no deal. The FCS looks like it ain't going to play in the fall. Yeah, with the announcement of the Big Sky not playing a fall and season. Pioneer League, and Pioneer and League. Others. That'll put things over 50% and not play uh, a fall championship. So yes, this is a big deal. And I'm thinking selfishly about 
BYU and other teams in the Intermountain region that aren't going to be able to play games now that won't. I mean, I thought, oh, BYU can go get an Idaho State or a Southern Utah or Weber State. They can figure out an FCS game, Dixie, yeah. another home game. That's not going to happen now. Like that, that, that impacts things. Can BYU turn into something positive? That's what they're trying to do with the likes of maybe Colorado State or whatever. But to me, this is a big deal because this is, I mean, no fall championship, no FCS teams. This is going to impact a lot of Division One teams. I wonder if some of those schools have to cut sports because they won't make the money they need. But they're pushing to spring in a lot of cases. So Big Sky is. Now, hear me out on this one. Instead of playing an intra-squad scrimmage in the spring for BYU spring football, what if they played an FCS team in an exhibition? Oh, yeah. Because for the FCS team, that doesn't count anyway. It's not a thing they count, right? But for F- or do they? Sorry, Ashton, you're on the crew. Do they? Is that a like it counts on your record? For FBS, it does for FCS, but it you know you can only play one towards bowl eligibility in a non-COVID year. So I'm interested to know um, if if that impacts. I think it is a big deal. I think it could. It, there's negative momentum for playing college football right now. There's not positive momentum where it's like, yep, this is going to happen. It's going to work out. We're going to figure it out. It's like, uh, it's a players tug, are opting out. It's a tug of war. FC, and it's mostly and the, being, and won the tug of war being won by the don't play. Yeah, yeah, it's leaning that direction. It, it, yeah, because at the end of the day, if we're really concerned about health, we wouldn't play. There's no question. There's no question it, at all. But it's like, ah, these institutions need it financially. Let's see if we can't make it work. It's not a, you know what, we can do this. It's a, can Let's just see if we can do this, right? And we all want it, but there's certainly a side of it that is risky. Like, think, think about it. What other group of people societally right now are we like, listen, listen, listen. Everyone get together and then go ahead and, t- go ahead and contact each other. This is the only thing. Even kids going back to school, it's like, wear a mask, do your best to kind of spread out. But, like, realistically, that's not going to happen. Like, little Johnny is going to remove his mask and cough. In the elementary school. What's going to happen at recess? You know what I mean? You like, know? yeah. The it's, jungle gym. It's going to be tough. Football is literally, it feels like, the only, you know, big group of people where we're like, yeah, go ahead and contact each other a lot yeah. consistently because we love football. It doesn't make any sense. Now, can you do it the right way and keep players healthy if you have enough money for the proper protocols? Who does? Testing. Just well, the, Power Fives? The SEC is one of those conferences implementing, according to Brent McMurphy, next-level testing and protocols. McMurphy reporting this morning that the SEC will give athletes a COVID test twice a week, six and three days before a game, and coaches and staffers will have to wear face coverings on the sideline. Jerem, is this a big deal or no deal for the SEC to lead out with some testing protocols like this? Uh, It's nice someone finally said something. Uh, with like three weeks to go. Finally, we know something from someone. No deal. I expected at least twice a week, right? Um, that it isn't how often you're testing. It's how quickly you can get that test to me. Because if you could get it the same day, then now we're talking. Because guess what? If you test three days out, you could, you could get it the next day. Or the I next would day imagine the that day. they are, because of what football means in the South, they will be prioritized and have their test results returned You mean they'll pay for the best kind? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's you, just, you pay what you, uh, you get what you pay for. Yeah. I mean, go back to the initial test of Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell and the whole Jazz team. 
They all tested that night and had their results a number of hours later. Yeah, and I would argue this. These aren't the people that need a quicker test societally. You know what I mean? So there's there's that ethical battle of like, wait, shouldn't we be giving this to people who may have a serious hospitalization or death as a you bring result up of a, this. You bring up a fantastic Not point. these athletes who, in most cases, won't be the ones who are affected but, uh, over, overly negatively. But this goes in line with what is the priority? But we want to play What football. is the priority? Yeah. yeah. Like, is it, is it, are we worried about people's happiness and mental well-being, having some type of normalcy, football back? Or are we prioritizing, okay, who needs the test the most? This is a difficult conversation. Yeah, uh, but, and those with, those with the money do what they want with the money. That's what ends up happening, and that's the case with the SEC. Okay, big deal, no deal. Six Maryland players have opted out of playing this season with more players announcing they won't play because of COVID-19. Is this a big deal or no deal? This is a trending big deal because I just saw Minnesota's all Big Ten receivers say, you Rashad know what? Bateman. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, and then Purdue's number one receiver yesterday said, I'm out. Uh, Duke just lost their big tight end. He's out. Penn Mar- State's Micah Parsons, who's a top 10 pick, potentially. <laughs> I'm out. He says he's out. And now six Maryland players. The thing is, these are happening in conferences that have been at the forefront of this. Hey, we're, we're scaling it way back. Big 10, Pac-12. And so regionally, I'm not surprised about where these announcements are primarily coming from because of announcements that have already been made by the Big Ten and the Pac-12. It just And you pointed out, like, you look at a political map of the United States. Red and blue states. And it's not surprising to see that the blue states are way more conservative with this. Like, hey, we're going to – we don't want to do this. And then the red states, Texas, the south, are like, hey, we can figure it out. We'll play. Let's we can, play. We can we're figure playing. it out. We'll we're, wear a mask. Like we'll, we'll we can figure it out. Or or we're not wearing masks. We don't <laughs> care, right? That's let, listen. I lived down in Springville a couple weeks ago in the grocery store. I was one of the few that would wear a mask. Now they require it in the store. But yeah, it's it's interesting. What whatever side of this you're on, this is going to be complicated, right? And there's not an easy answer. And there's no one to make a you know declaration of how this is actually going to go. So it's interesting. I I think it's a big deal that some of the big names are opting out. We don't know of any BYU players that have opted out yet. As of now, as of, what was it, Monday or Tuesday, Kalani Stake said no players had opted out. So um, I won't fault anybody if they do. Don't be shocked if someone from BYU says, you know what, I don't actually want to play. But I don't even know how many games we're going to play anyway. So everyone may be opted out whether they like it or not. And the scholarships are the protected. Season. The scholarships are protected. And I appreciate the NCAA doing a good thing for once, which was nice, to say, yes, if, if you get sick because of COVID, you, you need to be covered. Now, there are, there are conversations from the Mountain West and Pac-12 players saying, no, we want to be covered five years and six years, respectively, after we play two. Because what, not just this year. What about if I have some – Longer-term effect on this. Sure. It's a big deal. It'll become a bigger deal if players from the ACC and SEC start to opt out. Like if Trevor Lawrence Clemson says, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm out. Then we're like, whoa! That's, yeah, one of those would be whoa. really shocking. We're waiting for one of those. I mean, yeah. a top-ten pick is a big deal, but you talk about a Heisman candidate. If one of those opts out, then it becomes an even bigger deal. Okay, coming up, what kind of impact will new BYU running back Herkley Ropati have this season? And is Florida State setting the model for the number of fans other college football teams might just try and pack into their stadiums? Details next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. After further review is back, it's Dave McCann, Blaine Fallon, and David Nixon break down Cougar football. Tuesday's season premieres on demand on the BYU app, and new episodes air Tuesdays at 7 Eastern on the app as well. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Right now, BYU has a road game at Navy on September 7th, then nothing until October 2nd. Would you be okay if BYU played three straight road games to start the season, then at Utah State as a home opener? Absolutely, especially if BYU is adding a power five or two in there because that would mean that BYU has to be on the road. So, yeah, big 12 teams, a couple there. BYU is going to be at Navy and then on the road at the Big 12. Great. I don't expect an even home road number either. I just think it's going to be a weird schedule. It just is what it is. You have to accept what it is now. Like, you can't be a beggar. Sorry, we are beggars, not choosers. That's what I meant to say. Okay. With BYU's first game being played on September – wait, wait. On September 7th. Uh, and Jerem, again, not playing until October 2nd. How many games do you think BYU will play in between there? Hopefully it's three. Uh, I hope that COVID doesn't cancel any of the games, but I'm hoping BYU gets three in. They could get four in if they wanted, but uh, I think a bye week in there might be good just in case. Yeah, somewhere along the line, especially if it's on three straight, like three road games, you would hope that BYU maybe has a bye on September 26th or something like that in preparation of their home opener or would-be home opener against Utah week, State. By the way, yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't mind a bye week in there, but I think BYU will play at least three games between September 7th and October 7th. Yesterday, Florida State announced the stadium will be filled to 20% capacity. So how many fans do you think will be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this fall? I expect that BYU will try and do something similar to that. And I do think it should be a percentage. I don't think it should be a hard number. Like, hey, we can fit as many as this. Just give us a percentage uh, and work with it. So 10 to 20%. If you look at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that's 6,300 to 12,600. I would expect that, that that would be the number. And, uh, you know, good luck figuring out who gets in, but uh, 10 to 20%. I think it should be based on righteousness. Uh, I think it'll be whatever Utah decides. I don't know what they're going to decide, but I, I think 10 to 20 seems like a conservative. Approach. Based on what's happening in Utah with COVID 19 and declining numbers, it's good news for people that are hopeful to see at least one game in Provo this season. Yeah, good luck uh, picking, yeah, determining how that's going to happen. That, that's a totally different conversation. All right, Jim, tomorrow the MAC presidents will meet again. They met yesterday to decide what they're going to do with their scheduling for the upcoming 2020 season. Northern Illinois is on BYU's schedule in DeKalb, Illinois. Do you expect BYU and the Huskies to play? Yes, I expect the MAC to say they'll do a non-conference. I think they need the money. They're in the heart of Big Ten country, so that gives me pause for a moment. Like, how much are they being influenced by all of the bigger Power 5 schools around them? But, yeah, if it is a financial thing, then Northern Illinois wants a team like BYU to come to DeKalb. And, you know, this is a good game for the Huskies to have in their home stadium. Well, they beat BYU two years ago. True. So and if they don't, this is a revenge here's game. Here's the thing. If they don't play it this year, they might not get BYU ever again on the schedule on their home field. We have, so. we have openings. It's not a problem. BYU adds Juco transfer Hinkley Ropati at running back. How will he help the team? Well, he fills a void left by Devontae Henry Cole. I like the running back's room already. Like Before Hinkley Ropati was announced that he was joining, I, I have confidence in Harvey Unga, and 
what BYU is going to have there with Lopini Katoa and Bruce Garrett is a newcomer that I'm really excited to see run out. So I, I liked it before. This this is great. More depth. Depth, that key word. I like a dude named Hinkley. I like 5.9 yards per carry. Hmm. And I like a dude that's 5'11", 215. So he's he's thick and ready to go. Ben Criddle said he reminds me of a, of a smaller, a shorter Algernon Brown. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That takes us to the best to wear it. We're counting up to 99, two numbers each show, and determining the best athletes to wear each number at BYU. Today, we focus in on 79 and 80. Bill Rice is the best to wear number 79. Played from 73 to 76. The 70, that, that era was the first set of teams that played in bowl games. 74 Fiesta, 76 Tangerine. So, Bill Rice was in that. Both lost to Oklahoma State, by the way, randomly. 128 tackles in 1975, 252 for his career, first team all whack as a senior. And again, that 76 team with Gifford Nielsen went 9-3 and three and went to its second bowl game. So that was a underrated BYU team. 128 tackles as a defensive tackle. Nice headline. I like it. That's incredible. You know, it's one thing for a linebacker to do that these days. A tackle? With 128. Pretty good. You're a stout in the center. Outstanding. The field. At number 80, Michele Iramia, 1974 to 1977. Very similar time frame. Another defensive tackle. He holds the single-season BYU record of sacks with 17. Woo! 17 quarterback sacks in one season. Two-time AP honorable mention. How do you have 17 sacks and not be more than an honorable mention? I don't, I don't know. All-American. Playing the whack. Good maybe? gravy. All-whack first team in 1976. Spent one season in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills. Circle and, the wagons. And his son, uh, Jeremiah, signed to play at BYU. And then, uh, for whatever reason, didn't work out. He was at Snow last year. So, who knows if we'll see uh, Jeremiah. Maybe a return to Provo? Yeah, who knows? knows? Yeah. Okay, coming up, Mike Oresco on the AAC. Could we see more teams from BYU on the schedule? Yeah, the commish is going to give us some details on what's lined up potentially with BYU. And was he involved at all at the Navy game? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Utah College League Baseball is on BYU Radio, BYUCruise.com. Tune in to Here's some BYU players featured as well as other in-state school players. Going Jason Shepard tomorrow, 3 Eastern on BYU Radio, BYUCougars.com, and the apps. BYU Sports Nation continues from Studio B on a Friday. At Cougar Stats tweeting in, McKelly Iramia 17 sacks in a single season equals the entire 2019 number for BYU. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Well, and I wonder if they said, uh, yeah, you get a half sack, or was it a whole sack for everybody? I don't know how it's governed. It's like John Stockton's assist. It's like, well, how many of those came at home where they were like a little more lean? You know what I mean? Like, who knows <laughs> what the scorekeeper and statistician is kind of doing there, that kind of thing. 17 sacks. 17 is incredible. By one player. That's wild, man. Equals the entire number from BYU's defense last season. That is unbelievable. And a great stat from Cougar Stats. That takes us to today's version of Coaches on Bikes. It was Thirsty Thursdays yesterday Mm. and everybody was thirsty. Mm. You know, today is Freaky Friday. So we got to get freaky today, baby. Can't wait to get on the field. Hey, Come rip the Y. We believe in you, baby. Let's go. Stay woke. 
<laughs> They're still riding their bikes. Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford, the secondary coaches for BYU football. Two weeks into it. Words of wisdom. They're what, nine days, ten days? Into, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the over-under was four and a half, so they, they, I took the under. So I, I'm proud yeah, of those so guys. Two weeks, like, because it's Monday through Friday and Monday, yeah. so we've, we've had ten well, maybe coaches they, on bike segments. Maybe they rode on Saturday to work as well. I, I don't, don't know. know. Did they take Saturday off? They're like, we're driving, we're driving. <laughs> <laughs> They're bringing the juice, though. I'm, sleep, I'm sleeping in 20 extra minutes on Saturday. <laughs> I'm driving my car. Only 20? I don't know. I think they're further out. Yeah. I think they're like 45 minutes out. It depends on where they live. Coaches on bikes. Our question of the day with scheduling Navy for game number one, do you now feel like a football season will actually be played? We're going to go a little bit early to our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Volisi64 answering on Instagram. I'm a bit more optimistic, but still expecting it to be called off. Going to BYU versus Navy if they allow fans, though. That see where that game happens in Maryland. I feel like there will be no fans allowed at that game. Yeah, I I don't believe that we'll see many, if any, fans this college football season. We don't even know how this is going to work and if they're going to be able to play. And it just feels like that's that's such an afterthought in terms of whether we actually play. Now, obviously, it'd be great if we could get people in the stands in a safe way. It's not spread. Everyone's cool. There's no guarantee that everyone entering has a negative test, by the way. Yeah. It's, just, it's just if you have no symptoms, then you can get in. So that, that's what we're going to have to figure out. It depends on the state and the government yeah. and the policies. Like Utah, yeah, I expect to see a few fans in the stands. George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and Alexander Hamilton Hamilton decided this early on, that it would be governed by the, this way, right? So little did they know in 2020 they would be deciding which teams got fans in the stands yeah. and which didn't. Yeah, in California, I don't know if there will be a game, period, in the state of California. Well, didn't the NCAA say, okay, if you don't have students on campus, it's going to be, <laughs> we, we don't know if you should play sports at all. So it's right all now, California so is having. They're in their own solar system right now. It's a, and that's their be a, prerogative. It's right. their, that's their prerogative that's, as a state. That's exactly right. Okay, coming up, AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco joins us. Was there ever a discussion about BYU joining the AAC for one season, a la Notre Dame with the ACC? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station continues with your daily reminder. Our show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, it's always a pleasure when we have him on, is the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco. Mike, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. How are you? Thank you. I'm getting a little bit of an echo. I hope you can hear me clearly. Uh, how you doing, fellas? We're great. We're good. We can hear um, you just fine. Yeah, we, we can hear you loud and clear. And I'm uh, sure you know who I'm talking to. Which one's which, guys? <laughs> <laughs> We're the same person. It doesn't matter. Um, Mike, uh, we, just just for the record, we don't have a commissioner in football because BYU is an independent. So we, we kind of want you to be the commissioner of BYU Sports Nation. Are you cool with that? Oh, absolutely. Whatever you say. (laughs) (laughs) BYU and Navy, very exciting, massive showcase for both programs on ESPN on a Monday night, Labor Day. Uh, What was your reaction when you first heard about that possibility? I was going to say, you were breaking up a little, Spencer. I'm sorry. Can you say it again? You bet. 
What uh, what was your reaction to BYU and Navy when you first heard about that possibility? Well, you know, I was talking to Chuck Gladchuck about the whole Notre Dame situation, and uh, you know, we didn't know where it stood. And finally, it was clear that they were not going to be able to play. And he mentioned uh, BYU. I had been mentioning BYU to all our schools, so it's possible that I even mentioned it prior because I would love to have our schools play BYU. I mean, we really, we really love BYU, and I'm not going to make a big pitch for BYU joining the conference and embarrass Tom Olmo. You know, the less, <laughs> he's, he's too great a guy. No, really. I mean, we respect BYU as, as an independent, uh, and they've done a great job. You know, uh, and he plays a daunting schedule, and he's got a really good team. And by the way. We really owe them. If he hadn't beaten Boise last year, I'm not sure you know, they wouldn't have been on New Year's Day instead of uh, Memphis. You know, so he he uh, he came through for us, your team uh, and your coach. Uh, but uh, when I heard BYU, I was thrilled because that that's a national game, that's a national brand, uh, and I knew that that could replace the Notre Dame Navy game. You know, it's hard to replace Notre Dame, of course. You know, that that game goes back to 1926. There's a long history there. There's a history of the Naval Academy in Notre Dame during World War II. So you would want to have seen that game play. But once the ACC put in their restriction, well, you got to play in your home state, it was pretty clear. Uh, the AD at Notre Dame felt he had to abide by those, those protocols. And at that point, having Navy go up there three years in a row probably just didn't make sense to either school. I, I don't know, what, you know all the details, but um, Chet and I talked a lot about it. And BYU is a great replacement. Great. And, and it's going to be on ESPN you know, eight o'clock Monday night. Um, that, that is the window that weekend. Last year we had it also Houston and Oklahoma. So we've been, as a conference, we've been very fortunate. ESPN has been good to us in terms of exposure, but uh, couldn't, couldn't be happier about it. And it should get a great audience too. Should be a terrific game. Yeah. I said, this could be the most viewed BYU game ever potentially on a, on a labor day. And people are hungry for football at that point. Who knows? Right. Um, you, you mentioned it last year. I, I've joked that Baylor Romney, who BYU's third string, started the Boise State game, that his right arm cost Boise State and the Mountain West millions. So, yeah, that was, that was a big deal for the AC when BYU beat Boise State because that enabled the AC to be the Group 5 team. That was a big deal. Well, yeah, we, we, we always thought we had the stronger conference. Uh, we just did. I mean, you look at Cincinnati, they could have beaten anybody. You know, Cincinnati, they beat BC with 34-6 in the bowl game. Probably could have mm-hmm. even worse. Uh, they were a really good team. They lost to Memphis twice at Memphis in really, really hard-fought games. Uh, UCF was as good a team as we had in our league. They lost three games by seven points with a young quarterback who threw seven interceptions in those games, and he didn't throw any in the other games. I would put UCF up against anybody. SMU was an outstanding team last year. Tulsa almost almost wreaked havoc on our conference. You know, they they missed a 28-yard field goal. They would have beaten Memphis, and we probably wouldn't have been on New Year's Day. But, you know, I made a pitch last year for a two-loss team from our conference to be on New Year's Day, and I was serious. Our, our, our league was better. And uh, the problem is that when our league's better, you know, teams are going to beat each other, and that's really a concern, you know. I mean, look at BYU has, has some outstanding teams, but they play such a tough schedule. It's hard to get through it, you know, when you're playing that many good teams. And I don't think that's necessarily true of the other conferences. And I, I showed, I proved to the committee, I don't know whether they were listening to me or not. It seemed like toward the end they started edging Cincinnati up in the rankings. But I looked at the strength of schedule. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close between our teams and teams from the other G4. By the way, we had a 28-1 record against those teams outside the P5. I mean, come on. 28-1, I could play to a 29 Division II teams and not come up with a record like that. That's pretty impressive when you really think about it. I know, I'm the conference. By the way, I guess I'm, I'm getting it all out because I haven't been able to do that. And, and, and really, uh, 
it's been, you know, the last five months, it, on a more serious note, you know, it's been, it, it's been all health and safety and all about the pandemic. And it didn't even feel appropriate to really talk about the P6 campaign and to tout the conference. But now that we're actually thinking we might play football and we're very cautiously optimistic and hopeful, we can talk a little about the team from time to time, the teams in our league. Anyway. Certainly. The commissioner of the AAC, Mike Oresco, with us on BYU Sports Nation. I guess our next big question, uh, Mike, is – are there any more AAC games in the works with BYU? Because, frankly, we, we want them. What can you tell us? Well, you know, again, I can't speak for Tom, but, you know, we've, you know, uh, you know he and I have communicated. Uh, you know, Tom's an old friend, you know, a great guy, and, and we've been friends for years. Uh, and uh, I, I would I've encouraged our teams to talk to BYU. You know, we know how many games they've lost. They've lost, what, five? And, and you never know what the Mac's going to do. So I think they have a Northern Illinois game, right? We're, yes. we're not sure Cincinnati won't lose two Mac games if the Mac decides not to play nine conference games or yeah. not to play at all what they're going to do. But we, we've encouraged our schools to talk to BYU, and we're hopeful that uh, maybe there will be a handful of games that we can play. You know, we have some teams that already have series with BYU coming up, if not this year, starting in, in subsequent years. And again, we really like those those games. We've had great luck. Last year, BYU played at, at USF and, uh, you know, East Carolina prior to that. And, and obviously, Houston had a series with them, has another series. Cincinnati has a series, I think, coming up. I know UCF does down the road. So again, we uh, we really like playing BYU. Always have. And we've had them in our first bowl game, the old Miami Beach Bowl. I know not a great memory. We don't, we don't talk about that one, Mike. The <laughs> game, we had the Memphis fella kicked a 55-yard field goal to uh, keep it going in overtime. But uh, And I went to a game at UCF that BYU played into. It was another overtime game. Those are games we were fortunate enough to win. But, uh, you know, the Houston games, BYU prevailed. Uh, they've just been terrifically competitive games. Uh, so we enjoy them. And I love to go to Provo, you know. My wife and I uh, get to Idaho from time to time too, and it's a short ride down to Salt. Well, not ride, a uh, short flight. Down. I did. I did the ride. You know, I did the ride. Six hours. That I love Provo, and I love BYU. Has the best situated stadium. Uh, BYU and Washington might have the best situated stadiums in the entire country. When you look out over the mountain and and you see that view, and you're up in in the press area, spectacular. And we've got about a minute, Mike. Uh, BYU and Houston slated to play on October 16th. Is, is that a game that's going to stay on that date, or could that move based on AAC conference scheduling? Yeah, I just don't know. It won't move because of any scheduling we're doing. I just don't know what's happening, you know, between teams right now with all the different, you know, uh, uh, variations and, and all the different, uh, you know, exigencies going on. But, no, we what we did, we played our, our normal schedule because we didn't want to disrupt things with ESPN. Now, ESPN may have to move some of our Thursdays and Fridays based on commitments they're making to the NBA and others because of all the postponed games and everything. And we'd be fine with that. We'll work it out. But we kept our eight-game schedule. We didn't want to disrupt anything. We gave our teams the opportunity to play as many non-conference games as they could possibly get in. And we don't know if they'll play 12. Many many will play probably 10 or 11. But we thought we'd give them the opportunity. We have relationships with non-conference schools. We also wanted to play P5 schools if we could. BYU, we consider a P5 school. Notre Dame, we consider a P5 school. We've got a couple of those games left. We lost a lot of them, unfortunately. But uh, no, that, that that whatever happens to that game, it won't be affected by our schedule per se. Mike, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, and as I stated before, you're the commissioner of us here in Studio B. So uh, we we embrace the show that. is affiliated with the league. Yes. We want you to know that. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you guys are very kind. Uh, Spencer, Jerem, thank you. And uh, always great to see you. Uh, you know, love, love the color scheme there, too. You got a, a great studio there. Uh, and, and look, uh, again, stay well. Hope your families and all your listeners, everybody in the BYU Sports Nation, everybody in the community stays well. That's the most important thing. And we, thanks again for having me. You got it. We appreciate it, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Stay the commish, Mike Oresco on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He's great, man. He's awesome. We've had him on the show like four times. I feel, I feel like this strange affiliation to the AC. <laughs> I just really like them. All our dealings with, with Mike and the league have been cool. So, hey, uh, Tom, if you're ever interested, let's go. Yeah, you know. It's a possibility, right? It's, it's out there. At the beginning, Mike was pretty funny. Hey, I'm not going to embarrass Tom and say We want them in the league. Yeah. We, we want them in the I league. I love no. that. That was great. That was great. Oh, good Today's stuff. rise and shout out. More somber note. Our uh, thoughts and prayers to the Pacific men's basketball family as Lafayette Dorsey, who played a couple of years ago at Pacific, passed away. Reasons of death unknown, but uh, he did play against BYU a couple of times. So uh, thinking about Pacific men's hoops and the Dorsey family. Yeah, no question. Our thoughts and prayers headed out that way. Our thanks again to uh, today's guest, Mike Oresco. If you missed any of that conversation, joined late, couldn't catch it all, you can always download the podcast and uh, soak it in, man. The commish. You know what didn't happen during today's show? We didn't talk about fall camp at all. We're in the middle of fall camp. and Scheduling. It's just, it is just not the story. It is just not the story. The story is COVID-19 and its impact on the game, and that trickles down to scheduling and masks and protocols and it's crazy right now that we are not diving into the wide receivers or whatever but it's not the story man it's not the story speaking of receivers skinny wants to turn into tight ends sorry to dennis pitta <laughs> ran out of time bro conversation continues 24 7 on the social media platform for jerem i'm spencer shout out to kurt gunther we'll see you monday for more BYU sports nation maybe we'll talk about actual BYU football players go kooks